Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited about the one this week, Big Newt, because we are going into training camp. And who better to talk about training camp than someone who's been there and done that on a high level, huh? I know that's right, man. This is three years in the making, man. And and uh, next next month, we've been on, on air for three years, and we've been wanting to get this guest on. And I always, if you listen to us weekly or bi-weekly, you always, I always talk about one of my good friends, a guy I grew up with, um, played for New Orleans Saints for 10 years, had a great career. He was the 1993 Defensive Player of the Year coming out of the University of Louisville, uh, two Pro Bowls, NFL Comeback Player of the Year in 2000. A guy I grew up with, played high school ball with, I always refer to him, and we got him all live. His name is Joe Johnson. I don't call him Joe. Now, so when I talk to him, you might hear me call him Bully. I don't. I haven't called him Joe since we were in the ninth grade, all right? So I got to give you a quick history on it before we bring him on. So I call him Bully. And you be like, well, where, where did Bully come from? Was he a bully in high school? He was. He did bully people on the football field. But the originator came from Bull from Night Court because Joe was like the tallest <laughs> dude in our school. And all of us was like six foot. Joe was walking around school six five. And so when he's walking with us, he looked like Bull from Night Court. And so we just quickly turned that to Bully because he bullied guys on the field. So we got Joe Bully Johnson on the Jamie D. Big New Podcast, man. What's going on? Hey, hey, Jamie, Big New. Uh, glad to be here. Appreciate you having me. Now, you thought that we were purposefully keeping you off of this show, right? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think Big Nuke got something against me, man. I don't know how, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's, you know, when we when we beat Buffalo back in 96, or I, I, don't, know if it was one, I don't know if it was one of them lost Notre Dame bets, or I, I, I don't know. But, so, but I'm just happy to be here now, you know, so. I'm going to just stay focused in the present. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on, man. And I know some of you all might listen and be like, why, why you got a guy to play for the New Orleans Saints on a Buffalo Bills podcast? Well, we're going to tie it all together. But if you do feel that way, then that's what our budget allows. I mean, we're not like <laughs> Mr. King. And he got he had uh, Mina Kimes on from ESPN. And he got, you know, Deion Sanders, all these people. See, we can't afford that. We got to get guys that we know. So we're going to tie it all together. And we're, we got Joe on uh, here today to talk about training camp and his experiences being a Pro Bowl football player and his mindset uh, going into training camp. Because um, I played the rookies. Um, for the Buffalo Bills reported last week and everybody else reports today. So we're going to get into that. So it's a lot of stuff going on. And Joe, that really leads to a question that I've had in mind, which is you've been there, done that. How is it different for rookies going into camp than it is for, for vets? Well, I mean, from a rookie standpoint, I mean, I mean, you're, your 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 whole head you're just just spinning. I mean, you don't know what to expect. You know, you get there early, and for about a week, you feel extremely good about yourself. You're probably number one on the depth chart because it's just you and the rest of the rookies. You're feeling good about yourself. You're going through drills, and you and everything is going well. And then a week later, reality sets in. 
the veterans get there, you're like third or fourth on the depth chart. You know, you 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 take in, you know, a thousand reps if you're lucky. Because if you're not, then you know, hey, you might you might it might not be a chance of you seeing the field or making the roster. So training camp for rookies is a little different. You just don't know what to expect and then you get a kind of a week to settle in and then like I said, reality just sets in. So it's I'm sure them rookies are really 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 feeling good about themselves, but I think today is probably gonna be a different story. Now now when you're a vet though, I mean you played for like twelve years, right? Well, 10 total. 10 total. Oh, got it. Got it. 10 years total. So after you make the Pro Bowl and you've been a starter for a number of years like you did, how how is it for a vet of that stature then going into training camp? Well, at that point, you just – the whole thing is, man, you get in there and, and it's, it's about just staying injury-free. At the, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, you get, you're getting some quality reps. Uh, against some um, other starters, you know, ones-on-ones. You get some quality reps each practice, but for the most, those training camps, um, they're for the young guys, the guys that's fighting for positions. And if you're if you're locked in, yeah, it's, it's not really for – it's really for, you know, a lot of guys use it, the older guys use it to get in shape. But then let me, let me, let, let me take that back because it also depends on your head coach. You get one of them mm-hmm. old school head coaches, then there's no telling. You might be running bull and ring Oklahoma, and as a as a eight year vet pro boy, it doesn't matter. So it, it it really just depends on the the head coach. You know, some head coaches are coming there and hey, I want to take care of my vets, get them a couple reps, the beginning of every practice to set the tone, and then get them out of there, and then get mm-hmm. the young guys in there. Some guys, some coaches come in and they don't care who's who. Man, put them guys in there. I want to see who can play. You know, I, I, them guys need to get in shape. So, you know, some some old school coaches feel like you, the more you hit, you got to get calloused up so you don't get injured. So you you got all kind of different thought processes with the, with the coaches. You, uh, you care to name names? Well, for for me, when I came into the NFL. I had the honor. I played for Jim Moore, senior, which he was an old school coach. So we had full pads and was hitting every day, twice a day. Then I played for Mike Dicker. And Mike, Iron Mike was, Iron Mike was truly a player's coach because he would, He's one of those ones where, hey, the older vets, we would start the practice, set the tone, get your few reps, and he would take care of the older guys. He would get the older guys in there, out of there, and let the younger guys get those reps. And then I had I played for Jim Hazlitt uh, my last couple of years there. And um, Coach Hazlitt was he – was, he was similar to Mike Dicker to where he – you know, obviously those guys were – you know, former players, they played in the league and they understood the importance of keeping your veterans healthy, you know, letting them get in a few reps, ones on one, set the tone for the practice, get quality reps against other starters, you know, not being there, not, not have a starter in there with 
second and third string guys falling all on the ground and getting the ankle twisted. I mean, so they were, they were very conscious of that. And, um, but like I say, when I first got to the NFL and Jim Moore was, he didn't, he didn't care who he was. <laughs> you, you starters was going to get just as many reps, if not more than everybody else. So Man. I had the opportunity to kind of see it both ways. Man, you played for some mm. characters. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real characters. <laughs> yeah. So we got, um, in Buffalo, we got a couple of uh, position battles going to be coming up. We've talked extensively over the last couple of weeks over that. When you have, going to the season, I'm sure the depth chart is pretty much laid. I mean, would you say, or, so would you say when you got position battles, are they legit position battles going into the training camp, or do you think politics evolve? Like, expound on that a little bit. I, I think, I think you probably have maybe about 70% of the starters pretty much in place. And I think you may have, like I say, like you say, a couple of positions here and there, you know, you might have, you know, you might have an offensive lineman, you know, battle going on for a starting position. You may have a safety or a corner. So I think you, you might have two or three positions that still, kind of up in the air but like you said like Mm -hmm. 70-something 80% is probably pretty much already set in stone and you got you got a few battles but the majority of the battles for the most is for like backups who's going to see who's going to who's going to see backup time who's going to be coming off the bench and subbing for the starters because you know you got guys that may have been special teams the last couple of years that maybe, you know, earned some stripes and earned some earned the right to see some time as a reserve, you know, after being on the team for a couple of years, uh, you know, where you might have that 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 younger guy who's played three or four years that's played special teams as a backup. Well, you know, special teams are ready to see some time as a backup. You may have an older vet that's not starting to is like, okay, what does that look like? But like you mm-hmm. said, for the most, I think it's all pretty much set. A lot of the competition is really in your backup roles. So yeah. when that competition is happening and, and the the players always say the right things, they talk about how competition makes us all better and iron sharpens iron and all of those cliches. <laughs> what do the dudes really think about each other? I mean, when you, when you when you're young and you have, and you out there you, you you fighting for your livelihood you get I mean truthfully when you you know when you step on that field I mean and and it's it's all out hey it's full goal scrimmage type preseason type level it you you don't really care who's on the other side of you mm-hmm I mean that that's no longer your friend, your teammate. Obviously you're not gonna, you know, cheap shot him to try and take him out of the but everything within the rules, hey, I'm I'm doing. Because you know, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm fighting for a position here. So all of that goes when the when you step on that field, when you step in between those lines, it's 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 a real live it's real live gladiator type fighting like hey i'm fighting for a job here 
you know, if I if if I can't win a starting position or a backup role, then the likelihood of me making this team is slim and none. So I I have to go out here and and every day is an audition. You know, every day when I step on that field, that it's an opportunity for me to audition and show the coaches what I can do. Because the last thing you want to do, especially starting off, like you got some guys, veterans showing up today at camp, and you got some young guys that's going up against veterans today. So you you got to show coach what, what you're made of within between today and tomorrow because coaches are going to start. And, you know, camp is shorter now. It's way shorter than what it used to be when I played in the mid-90s. So you don't have very many days to impress or show coach what you can do because the last thing you want to do is get too far down the depth chart and now you're not getting reps. So then you're almost like a, a, a forgotten soul, you know, like nobody, re, you know, you know, the, the best thing for you is, hey, you want to be dead dog tired at the end of every practice. That means you're getting reps. When you stop getting reps, then uh, you might want to start freshening up the resume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Let's let's be honest. I don't want any names, but just because even in high school football, right, if you're the second string guy, the first string, like let's say you're the backup quarterback. The first string quarterback, probably your friend, probably a dude you grew up with, somebody you love, you know his family, he know your family. Let's be honest, though. A percentage-wise, in the NFL, how many people, percentage-wise, do you think, I'm not going to say root for somebody to get hurt, but they're not <laughs> mad if they get hurt. You know what I'm trying to say? Because you just yeah. said it. Like, think about Kurt Warner. Right, Woo. the first three quarterback goes down, and now you get a chance to play, and then you have a Hall of Fame career. Now, don't get me wrong; that's a that's a you know, that's a small percentage of people who gets to do that. Right, yeah. that's an exceptional situation. But I would imagine on that level, if I'm second string or I'm third string, if somebody go down, and I get an opportunity. I'm not mad if they get hurt or go down, or well, I ain't gonna say get hurt. But let's just say get in trouble or something, you know, like can't play for whatever reason. Because now yeah. that, that affects your financial stability getting an opportunity, right? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you can look at the GOAT. You can look at hell, Tom Brady saw yes. the field for the first time when Bledsoe went out. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the greatest, arguably the greatest player to play the sport. The only way he seen the field at that time was because somebody got hurt. Right. So, I mean, like you say, it's an opportunity. I mean, and it's, I, I think it's like anything else in life. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just based on opportunity and, and the preparation and being ready for that opportunity. And, you know, life happens. You know, you never know how your situation is going to come, whether it's, like you say, an injury and you, it, it might be a money thing and the guy in front of you gets traded, you know, or wh- wh- whatever it is. You know, it's like any other job. If 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 the guy get you know retires or leaves and you move up, then you got to be ready for that opportunity. And truth be told, you know us as you know us as humans. I mean, I could you know, like you say, unless it's a dear friend, I could I could really care less. You know how it happens. As long as I, I get in there and I get my opportunity. So, you, you know, benefit from it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you said, you don't wish nobody ill, Ill thoughts. Right. But if it right. go down like that, it's not like, 
you you ain't mad. <laughs> right. You didn't have anything to do with it. You just right. like, hey, thank you. Thank you this for the opportunity. Right. Further hey, proof hey. that all my 155-pound ass needed was an opportunity. <laughs> That's it. That's all you needed. That's all you was missing, Jamie, was the opportunity. I could, I, I could have been the goat. <laughs> you could, I, you could have very of, well been. <laughs> and, and speaking of the goat, not only did Tom Brady get opportunity, but then when Tom Brady went out and he broke his leg, Matt Castle came in and he made plenty of money off yeah. of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, off, off, off like not even a whole season. Right. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Right. So when we talk about camp, all right, getting back to that, it's hot outside. You Ooh. really don't want to be there. I mean, you, you go, I'm sure. You don't want to be there. No, I'm just thinking about college, and we had two days. Oh, that was awful. You know, <laughs> everybody in the dorms drinking Kool-Aid, playing Tecmo Bowl. See, I'm showing my age now when I talk about Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> um, you know, and it sucks, right? But it's, it's a necessary evil to, you know, get ready for the season. All right, it's hot outside, 100 degrees, especially right now around the country, especially in the South. You you live in Atlanta, Georgia. It's hot down there. Um, tempers start flaring, right? Mm. It's inevitable. Yes. You, you're going to have fights, right? Talk to oh, us yeah. a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have some fights, definitely. I mean, you, 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 you put – you take enough – attitudes and personalities and put them in that environment, you're going to have some fights. I mean, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I think the fights, the, for the most, the, the, the tempers in that moment really only last for that moment. Most, most, most guys I've seen, and to be honest with you all the year, I've played 20 years of football and I've never been on a fight on the field. Right. But guys I've seen, 80% of them, hell, they be waiting, hoping, waiting for somebody to break it up. <laughs> because, <laughs> sort because of like real think, life. If you, right. Exactly, if you're thinking playing <laughs> football and tussling is tiring, the fighting is even more tiring. It's so, even worse. <laughs> right. So guys, are like them fights are probably like 15 seconds, 20 seconds long. And so it's – I. I, I think that's about it. Then you know, it's 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 pretty much a done deal. Okay. You know, and then that and I, it it doesn't go any farther than that. Then you know, I'll, after that, you know, because it, it's a bigger it's a bigger picture in front of everyone. So it's like after you know, once the fight is over, it's like, wait a minute, I, let me get back to work. I'm right. I'm still out here at at work trying to trying to make the team or you know, trying to keep a position or whatever it is. So it's like, that's, that, that's immediately like out of the window. So I, I, I've never seen anything carry on, carry over off the field. You know, it's normally yeah. just for that, you know, 15, 30 seconds and it's a wrap. Yeah. Do you have anything, like any stories, anything that you remember? I know once again, you, you uh, took off the cleats about 20 years ago. But do you remember 20? any? Yeah, it's about twenty. Your last year was what? Like, oh three. Yeah, oh three. Officially retired in oh four. Yeah. Yeah, because you he spent the last couple of years uh, after you left New Orleans. He spent the last couple of years 
in uh, Green Bay. Yes, and sir. And the funny story about our relationship, because once again, I talked to all the time. I lived with you in New Orleans while uh, you were with the Saints, and I was finishing my master's degree at the University of New Orleans. And I remember the day, man, you was in the bathroom shave, and you like, new man, I'm about to go to Green Bay. And I'm like, <laughs> Bully, I love you like family, bro, but I think this is where we part ways. And you, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I can't go to Green Bay, Wisconsin, brother. So you went on to Green Bay, and I went to Tallahassee and uh, worked on my PhD at Florida State. So that's that, that was real-life history. I remember the day when you told me you was going there. It's a, oh, yeah. it's a it's a couple of things I remember specifically. I remember um, in 2000 when you signed your ex- – uh, was that 2000, 2000, when you signed your extension with the Saints? And then they put your 99. salary – 99. Yep. And then they put your salary on the cover. You was on the cover of USA Today as the highest-paid defensive player in the league ever. And I was like, Ooh. you came in with the paper. You was like, dude, they had to put my salary all on the front page. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, that's before social media and all that. So it was exactly. like, oh, yeah, they put, they put me <laughs> on blast. Kind of, they put you on blast. Put all your business in the streets, man. And then yeah, I remember, sir. I remember, and hopefully I'm not telling too much of our business, but just to give you an insight of our relationship, when you got your first check, you was like, dude, look at this. And you showed me your first check. And I was like, man, and they took half your money in taxes. And I was like, golly, man. I think that was, maybe that was your signing bonus, I think. And they literally took like half of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that hurts me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, oh, you Uncle thinking, Sam. Yeah, you're thinking you get $20 million, but you only get 10 And I know you're the regular people, regular job. Like, oh, I'll take $10 million. No, it still hurts. Because when I saw it, in re- when you see it in real life, it hurts. It's like a gut punch. And it wasn't even my money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. going back to uh, even before you ended up in the NFL, so – you knew that you were going to go in the first round. And and we've talked about this story in the past, but I would love your perspective of how the pundits were saying you were going to go second or third round. But you, you were telling the Newt to take money on that, huh? <laughs> Do you well, remember if you that? If you, can't, if you can't bet on yourself, who are you going to bet on? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I was on campus, and I was like, man, Mel Kuyper and them talking about you going to be second, third round, bro. And I was like, all my friends and stuff up here in Missouri Western saying, man, your boy ain't going first round. And you was like, Newt, you take any bets, I'm going to be a first round. If I ain't a first round, I'll cover it. You remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> well, yeah. talk about that process a little bit when you're sort of going through it, the insider information and the conversations. That is something that the rest of us have no inkling as to what that can possibly be like. Well, you know, it's um, it's it's you know, it's kind of all not, nothing's nothing's written stone. You know, teams teams talk about you know or have thoughts about what they're going to do on draft day, and then they get to draft day, and all of that changes. You know, so. My thing was back then I had I had great representation as an agent um, between Eugene Parker and Roosevelt Barnes. Mm. That was very, very yes, sir, yes, sir. Very, very well experienced, and um, I was definitely given 
great intel as far as to what the teams were talking about. Um, took visits and talked to some teams and just felt real confident about, you know, those conversations and that, you know, I knew that teams that were looking for defensive players that should definitely be in the top bunch when you're looking at players, you know, to defensive players to draft in that 94 draft. So, you know, it was, it's all a gamble. But at the same time, you know, you, you do as much as you can to, you know, kinda kinda stack the stack the deck in your favor just by the intel that I was able to gather before the draft. Now, have you ever heard, and I'm sure you have, this story of Newt trying to get an agent when he was coming out of college? <laughs> I don't know if I ever told him that. <laughs> you should tell I remember him I remember hearing about it, but I don't know. <laughs> I didn't remember it then. I don't. I don't think I was told then, but I remember later on hearing about it. When I called Drew Rosenhaus when I was yeah. coming out in '95, and he he actually called me back, man. And he was like, "Look here, kid. I only represent first round picks. Have a good life. Good luck to you." And I was like, "Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you." Thank for returning. Hey, you have, you have anybody you can refer me to? <laughs> exactly. You can refer. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you what, man. I, well, I don't know. I, I want to finish all our talking points, but there's so many stories we could talk about. Me hanging around this guy, I got the low end of the stick almost every time. Remember when <laughs> Coach Walters? All right, so Coach Walters, right? He coached with the Vikings later on. His son played in the NFL, but he was at Louisville in the early 90s. Trent, Wal- yep. uh, Trent Walters. Yes, right. Sir. And so he 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 came to St. Louis to recruit Joe and everything. And so me, you know, me and Joe working out and stuff. I'm like, yeah, Coach Walters, you know, what's up, man? Maybe get me next year. Because Joe came out in 1990. I came out of high school in 1991. He's like, all right, man, I'm gonna keep an eye on you. So, you know. And so then when Joe goes out to Louisville, I'm like, man, what's up with Coach Walters, man? Tell him, you know, because we developed a relationship while he was recruiting him. So I'm like, man, get, tell Coach Walters to, man, you know, plug me in. And then he just flat out told me, and I respect it. He was like, dude, you're too small and too slow, man. Just, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> I'm like, I love the realness, but it was a gut punch, right? So then, fast forward, hold on, now that ain't the best part of it. The fast forward, eight, nine years later, we're at the Pro Bowl, and Coach Walters coaching for the Vikings, and Viking coaching staff was there. This dude here, he just picked up like he ain't never left off before. He was like, Big Chris, come on, man, let's wake up at like 6 o'clock in the morning, come work out with me. And I'm like, I did it. Wait, Coach Walters? <laughs> Yeah, this dude, this dude was like an old man, but he was like so like in shape. Like, yeah, he, I don't was. Know, he was buff, bro. Like he get after it, right? Yeah. And so I felt being the guy that I am, I'm like, okay, I'm on vacation. We in Hawaii. We hanging out, drinking all night. But Coach Walter's in the gym at 5, 36 o'clock in the morning. I went in with him. I, you know, of course he remembered you because, Joe, I, I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this better than anyone. I say all the time that the Big Newt is the most magnetic human being I've ever met. And when people meet him, like they walk into the bar to watch Bill's games with us. They've never been there before. By the end of the game, they got their arm around him. They're like, oh, give me your number, man. <laughs> How many times have you seen that happen? Oh, too many. Too many. Too many. <laughs> Yeah, like it. Go ahead, yeah. Joe. I'm sorry. 
Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say I've seen that too many times. Like I say, I, I mean it's 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 been several mon- monumental people like on each level, from high school to college to professional. And like I say, in high school, uh, I, I I can say, Newt, he 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 taught me and showed me what hard work really was on the daily. I mean, I I, I would say that he he he, he showed up and gave that 100% effort that you wanted every day. And, you know, no no fussing and cussing, just, hey, showed up and did his job every day. And, you know, like a professional. And this was at high school. I learned a lot from Newton High School. I went on to college, and Coach Nellenberger showed me a, another level of working. And then I got to the pros, mm-hmm. NFL, and um, Leroy Glover showed mm-hmm. me an even higher level of work ethic and basically just putting putting the your best foot forward in efforts of being the best you possible because too mm-hmm. many i think and that's what everything in life i think too many people leave too much on the table and it's because they didn't put forth their best effort yeah. and then you and then you're complaining like wow well, i didn't well okay okay well did you do everything you could to make mm-hmm. sure you were in the best position possible for it, like we talked about earlier, that opportunity, and a lot mm-hmm. of times people don't. They just yeah. they just want something for nothing, but the preparation isn't there. Mm-hmm. So I I do want to get to the subject of the Buffalo Bills in a minute, but while we're talking about your relationship, you guys went to high school together, and then you were young men, done with school. You had a couple of bucks in your pocket. I can't help but think that between the two of you, there was some hijinks, and we probably need a story. <laughs> High school level? Uh, any any level, but you know we don't want to get anybody in trouble here. <laughs> hey, and the hey, way you're laughing, I can tell you got something in mind. <laughs> oh, I, I got a hundred stories, but I mean, <laughs> just just to keep it in, you know, religion. You know, Keep it PG, please. Because <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's trying to egg you on, and we didn't talk about this in pre-production. He's nope. got to put you on the spot. Let's let's keep it PG. But I, I, can I say something real quick before you ask Joe? I would say if you watch the series Entourage or HBO uh-huh. that was oh, popular, yeah. I would say your, his life was a lot like Entourage, <laughs> and I was and I was a, I was part of his Entourage, so. I would say that watch watch the TV series Entourage, and that was pretty much ninety five percent of your life. I would say that. So, so if that's the case, who were you? Turtle. I'm Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm Turtle, right? You remember Turtle? Yeah. Strong, he the yeah. pudgy one, and again, you know, I was Turtle. <laughs> and Gooch, Gooch is your brother. That's his brother that tried to be the actor. That's Gooch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Weeds in there, so you know Weeds, who does the music for our uh, podcast, also R.I.P. Weeds, Mister Weeds, one of your artists. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's. Everything you see on TV, that was pretty much it. So um, I tell them all the time about the time we we used to go over uh, uh, Ricky Williams' house and hang out. And then the time I I had too much to drink and I fell asleep in his yard and I walked home. (laughs) Over Ricky Williams' house. We we know what you were doing with Ricky. (laughs) Ricky Williams, man. We used to hang out over his house. 
And uh, he had French Chantel, who's a big time agent now, you know, hang out with her and got too much to drink and fell out. And he had those dogs, they licking my face. And I got up with <laughs> sprinklers and walked home. Um, I've talked about uh, how we used to go to what's the name house uh, and Wayne. watch Monday Night Football. Wayne Martin. Yep, Wayne Martin. We you talking about when you was racing Big A and, and tore your yep. hamstring off I tore my hamstring off the bones. And we every Monday we go to Wayne Martin's house, right? Wayne Martin was a uh, deep tackle for New Orleans Saints late 80s. He's part of those great defenses. And so he'd invite us over on Mondays because they off on Tuesdays. So we'll watch Monday night football, play pool, drink. And so big A man, Austin, right, went to North Carolina, played defensive end. Um we got to drinking and talking stuff, right? And you know me, I'm still feeling like, hey, you know, I, I still got a little bit in the tank. You just know trying to prove yourself to NFL dudes. <laughs> I'm trying to prove myself to right. real life uh, NFL uh, guy. Uh, uh, active NFL guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Big A, man, Big A's probably your size. He's probably 6'6", 280, you know, still playing. I'm I'm about 280 at this point, but I'm four or five years out of college, right? <laughs> <laughs> so he talking trash. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I can go do this. I can do this. So next thing you know, we are in the middle of the street in the gated community, and we running up and down the street. <laughs> and I have to say this. I have to say this, bully. You admit it. Tell me if I'm wrong. I had big A beat until I pulled my hamstring. You were you were leading. I was winning, right? I didn't finish it. This this isn't revisionist history, huh? I was winning. I was winning until I pulled my hamstring and I felt like I got shot, man. That was the worst (laughs) feeling in the world, bro. Oh, my God. But but I need to hear a story from Joe, though. (laughs) Oh, story, story. I mean, one of the one of the most memorable stories I can remember was like back in high school, especially when you look at just the whole recruiting and the whole process now, like from high school to college. And I can remember almost like it was yesterday, me and Newt on a typewriter. But oh, for kids who don't know what that is you have to google it and look it up uh, actual typewriter manual yeah. typewriter yes. type pecking with two fingers typing letters yes to college coaches <laughs> we typed these letters made copies stuffed envelopes lick stamps Yes. Mail, mail. We self-recruited ourselves yep. to where we sent letters yep. to thousands of colleges across the country as as underclassmen. Like recruiting now is like I see recruiting now is like man, what the hell? That, that's all. Just yeah, they on their phone, social media, these different platforms. Like man, that just makes me remember like what like I mean, we went through hours of letters and stuffing envelopes and licking stamps and trips to the post office and we actually yes. sent letters these these college coaches probably got these letters and like who the hell are these guys <laughs> if it even made it to the coaches i mean we didn't, like it, 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 a coach probably never even got the letter it probably was sitting on some tech secretary's desk like <laughs> <An> intern <laughs> right an intern yes yeah right <laughs> that, Joe- that that, that 
that story sticks out in my head. I forgot all about that. And so, I, can I add something real quick to that? I was the one licking the envelopes and stamps. You were the one typing because you had typing with Miss. Um, oh, you took the typing class with Miss Burlington or whatever. You had typing, so I was like, okay, you do the typing, and then I'll do the stuff in it. <laughs> and we got that big old book that had all the colleges in it. Yes, we did. Good job. I forgot. All Joe, about you are you are nice guy because that was a wholesome story and really i set you up to savage your boy there and you did not take that bait <laughs> well he took he, he told all the wild stories so i thought i'd you know bring it you know i thought i'd bring it back <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, he put he had already put himself out there so much so i thought you know hey we <laughs> 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 oh my goodness that's awesome well let's uh if we can talk a little bit about the buffalo bills after all this is a buffalo bills podcast and you you know a thing or two about rushing the quarterback and yes, i know newt has a question regarding at least one of the players on the defensive line for the bills well before we get to that i want to ask you um we're talking about von miller i wanted to see what what do you think of Von Miller as an air rusher and his, his career, following his career to Buffalo? But before we get to that, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the NFL as a whole at this point? Like the differences, the pros and cons. I mean, what, what's your take on the NFL and the differences of when you played in the uh, 90s? Well, I, I think the two biggest differences is, I guess it's really perspective. My my perspective as a fan is the game is soft. <laughs> mm. It's like it's not it's not what it used to be. They've softened the game up. They've made it. It's 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 geared towards offense and scoring, and they've really made the game soft. That's me as a fan, but. Me as a businessman, mm. when I look at the, the model, so with technology, what do you think about the contracts now? And also, uh, just came in maybe an hour ago, Saquon Barkley, who's been yeah. holding out, um, wanted a contract extension. He gets a one year, $11 million deal. So, what do you think about the contracts? And I know you play defensive end, but what do you think about like running back position getting devalued? What's your thoughts? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I mean, but I mean, I guess that's part of them changing the game. Now that the game is going more towards geared towards a, yeah, yeah, the game has changed and gone more towards a passing attack. So I, I guess it was only really a matter of time before the running back position did get devalued because, you know, everybody obviously is looking for a quarterback and everybody is looking for guys that can make plays on the outside. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from that standpoint. Running backs, unless you're an athletic running back out the backfield and we can use you in different ways, like, you know, a Christian McCaffrey type, mm-hmm. then like a Saquon Bark is going gonna, is, is gonna to be tough. And I think so. And I, and I think one of the guys that, um, that kind of, I, I think when you first started to see that was, um, um, the running back out of Pittsburgh a few years back. Um, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. When he was having those um, 
contract issues and they didn't want to pay. I think that's when you kind of started to see it really turn to where as a running back, it kind of set a new standard as far as what that, what that pay scale looked like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's because guys, they teams are just, they, they're throwing the ball all over the field nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now as a defensive guy, of course it, it's looks soft. Like you said, is it necessarily bad from a viewership position? Because I know you said as a businessman, you feel a little bit different than as a former player. Well, yeah, I mean, from a businessman standpoint, when you look at the model, it's like, man, I think the NFL has done a great job as far as bringing the game along, growing the game. You mm-hmm. know, you're playing, you're playing two, three games, you know, outside, you know, internationally. Uh, so I think they've done a great job with the model as far as expanding it. I mean, man, let's just look at let, – let, let, let's just look at what the Washington Commanders is about to sell for. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> as a business model, it's like, man, they get pay, pay, pay what, a couple hundred million for uh, an asset? In the 90s, and then, hey, what, 20-some, 30 years later, it's worth billions? Yeah, that's a good investment, right? (laughs) It takes money to make money, my dad always said. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we did talk about the NFL game changing, but amongst the biggest changes this time of year is training camp with the collective bargaining agreement they're really limited as to what they can do. You probably aren't seeing, well, you're definitely not seeing any of those Jim Mora type camps no, as a player. Sir. I'm sure you'd love that, right? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. That way made it a whole lot easier. <laughs> I mean, because it, you know, we, we used to say that, you know, after training camp, training camp was like a season. And, and then we look at two Wednesday and Thursday and practice was like games. So by the time the season ended, we felt like we had probably played in like two seasons. So that, you I, probably I, could have prolonged your career if uh, <laughs> if you didn't have right. so much hitting. Definitely, definitely. Let's go back to uh, what I had mentioned. When it comes to getting after the quarterback, you, you made Pro Bowls doing just that. So yes, the sir. Bills have – a guy who's already considered a, a legend and a future Hall of Famer. As you've watched his career unfold, what do you think has led to Von Miller's success? And also, when do you think you're going to find him back on the field? Mm, well, uh, Von, I mean, whew, great player. I, I think Von is probably still, still one of the top edge rushers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And and I think a big part of that is Vaughn does an excellent job with leverage and his hands. You very rarely see offensive linemen getting their hands on him, you know, because at the end of the day is, you know, I, I, when I talk, when I work with, you know, young defensive line linemen, uh, like, like a coach used to tell me, if you let them get their hands on you, that's your fault. You know, when you line up, you know, you know two things. More, most likely, they're bigger. The offensive lineman is bigger and stronger. 
you're quicker and you're more athletic. Mm-hmm. The choice is the choice is yours. You can come off the ball and just wrestle with this guy if you want to. Or you can come off the ball and get it hit his hands, get his hands off of you so you can, you know, get to the ball. Or like I said, you can just wrestle. It's, it's, it's totally up to you. So I think, and I think that that's one thing that Vaughn does extremely well. You know, Aaron Donald, another great inside guy, but similar type um, hand-eye coordination. And I think that's one of the things that Vaughn has been great with. And, and, and I'm hoping to see, you know, I'm hoping Vaughn can get back on the field. I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying mid-season, like you know, Novemberish. Newt's got some feelings on that. <laughs> yes, I do. I've said plenty of times. I don't need because he he worked. And you got to excuse me, man. My mic went dead. I had to get a new batteries, so I didn't hear a lot of what you said about Vaughn. But um, my thing is, he's worked so hard. He wants. He's talking about how he wants to be ready week one, right? Yeah. If it was up to me, if I had my withers, you, like you just said, Billy, I wouldn't bring him back until November, no matter what. Cause that's when we need you in our playoff push. Yeah, we can hold we can hold serve until then. We need you healthy for the playoff run. Yeah, I would agree. Or or if anything, hey, early in the season, maybe he's just a third down guy. You're only playing on third and long, mm-hmm. rushing, and that's it. You know, that's at the most. But like you say, mm-hmm. in there every game, all 17 games from day one. First, second, and third. Like, like you say, I don't, I don't see the need to do. Like, and like you say, at his age, is yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think that would be beneficial either. I, I think, like you say, you, you kind of have to protect him from himself. Right. Exactly. Man, great players want to play, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you got, Newt? Like I said, man, uh, I appreciate Joe going on, taking time out of his busy schedule, man, and, and blessing us. Like I said, our anniversary is in a few weeks, and they couldn't have been more appropriate, man, getting this guy on there and giving us real live insight of what it feels like to play in the, in the league. So yes, I, I'm happy. Um, and once again, this is totally appropriate because it's kicking off training camp starts tomorrow. I just can't believe it's all NFL season is already upon us, man. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yes, sir. Glad and, for it. <laughs> Joe, it, it has know? been so great having you here. You, you were excellent. Thank you. And Thank you. I, I just sorry that it took this long to, to organize it. Oh, it's not a problem. Totally understandable. Totally understandable. Hey, new, hey, new, hey, new, I got, I got a date for you. Okay. So save the date. All right. October seventh. You know what that date All represents? Right. October seventh. Yes, sir. I don't. What does it represent? Look, Notre Dame at the Louisville Cardinals. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hey, be there. Be square. <laughs> Yes, sir. That, hey, hey, Jay, hey so, Jamie, after October, I probably won't be invited back to the show. So it was, it was, oh my it, it was good meeting you. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, you're, we're allowed to connect outside of the show um, because I, I got a feeling that you're right. We, uh, yeah. you, you two may not yeah. be talking anymore. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, we, no, we'll have to connect no. before October seventh. That's for sure. <laughs> he he doesn't believe that. He he doesn't believe that. Hey, you know, he, hey, put your put your push ups where your mouth is. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, I'll put it right here, right now. Do we really play y'all this year? October October seventh in at the Ville. Oh, oh Jesus! Now 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 you don't know the schedule, huh? I, I, I really I know when we play USC. I know when we play Clemson, See? and I know See, we, that's, yeah, that's the problem. Know, that's the problem. Worried know, about all the wrong we, games, and hey, you don't mess around and lose one of the mother games. Hey, we do, man. October seventh, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, yes, sir. All right, on my podcast, I'm betting Joe Johnson. What you got to do? Okay, here, here's the bet, Jamie. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the bet: Notre Dame, Louisville. Right, the loser. I'm Notre Dame. He's obviously a Louisville alum. Um, the loser has to do 20 push-ups, but you gotta record it, and then I'm, you gotta. I gotta be able to upload it on my Twitter. 20, 20 push-ups. If you can't do 20, do 10 and 10. I was thinking more like a hundred. <laughs> Ah, I'm not doing no. Hunt. I'm not gonna kill myself. How hey, many days hey, would that hey, take? Hey, you gonna hey, you gonna have your son your son following you around for a week filming them push? <laughs> <laughs> All right, son, get this ten. Get this ten. Get this ten. I'm feeling good. Give me this ten right now. Come on, nah, bro. We can do twenty. I'm not. I'm not doing more than nah. No, sir. Twenty five. You know, not all of us are former professional athletes. <laughs> exactly, and and the he thing got, about hey, Jamie, is, he got time to prepare. <laughs> hey, hey, hold on now. Let me tell you how life treats you. Right, this dude is probably in better shape than he was when he played. I saw him in Atlanta. I saw him in Atlanta. Simone had a basketball tournament last year in Atlanta. He came through, and man, I'm pissed off. Man, he meet my kids. He look like he's still playing, and they, they, my kids looking at me like, "Dad, what happened to you?" <laughs> life is what happened to me, kids. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, we've all asked that question, right? Kidding, Jeez, kidding. Oh, that was mean. This dude is 6'5", 2. He's like 6'5", 2. How much you weighing now? How much you weigh? Uh, high 70s, 78, 79. Yeah, but like no fat. So, yeah. I'm oh, like, this dude that. looks better now than he did when he played. You still at your playing weight, man? your rookie year. I'm close. I'm close. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. His rookie year, though, when he hey, when he first got that check, though, his rookie year, oh boy, remember that? Oh yeah, you got up to three hundred. You ain't seen three hundred since, huh? Not at all. Yeah, I, I, I realize I realize you didn't have to be big and big to play. You know, well, you didn't have to be as big to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was a lot yeah. more to it. Like you know, like we had talked about earlier, it's like, hey, that's one of the things that that allows for like a Von Miller to play, you know, against three hundred and some pound guys. It's like, nah, man, you ain't got to be as big and as strong as them. Nah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, learn that real quick. <laughs> yeah, man. So. But we'll be back on. We once again thank you, Joe, for taking the time. I will be back on weekly. Um, start next week, man. We're gonna talk about training camp. We're gonna get into the Madden rankings that came out this week. 
we'll dive into that and we'll have updates of what's going on in uh one bill's drive so once again joe thank you for coming on blessing us and we're gonna get ready for the season man hey hey, hey. let's go <laughs> buffalo yes sir sounds good brother appreciate y'all having me yep.